This is what it sounds like when podcasters cry. <laughs> I'm Meg Jensen. I'm Noah Jensen. I'm Eliza Jensen. And I'm Ivana Brihas. And this is Twin Peaks. What, 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 what? Gosh, I love movies. off today by paying our respects to the traditional custodians of the land on which myself, Ivana, Noah and Anthony are assembling the Wurundjeri of the Kulin Nation. And I would love to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging of the Gabrielinho people, the traditional custodians of the land I'm currently recording on. We have a funny little episode for you today. It is called Movies We Cry To. We thought we'd kick things off or, I don't know, settle into the new year with sort of a spicy one. As you will have heard if you listen to our latest or most recent episode, we are all in mourning. We lost a great episode. Um, Absolute tragedy. And it's actually rocked us. It was so good. It's like a trauma. Um, Truly. Well, we whinged about it last episode when Ivana was already here and now she's going to have to hear us whinge about it again. And now she's back. (laughs) Yeah, and she's probably like, what is this, you know, what was this episode? <laughs> yeah. Like, was it even that good, or is it just because we're always going to just have a ghost, a ghost version yeah. of it now, and we'll never know what it actually would have been like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, to commiserate the loss, we are going to be talking today, just in a more conversational style episode about the movies that we like to cry to. Um, just to mix it up, we're like, you know what? We want to something a little different. Yeah, we want to do something a little different today. Exactly, and we do have Ivana back with us. Our yes. lovely guest. Thank you for having me again. I love um, crying. Yeah, we, we had a bit of a talk you. that you do love a cry. Yeah. Mm. You love a movie cry? A movie yeah. Cry? Any cry. Any, any kind of any cry. Time. See, I I'm crying right now. Really feel <laughs> that. I love to cry. Catharsis is like the most like beautiful emotion in the world. Yeah, I've come home good. many a time to make bawling her eyes out in a movie. Oh, I, and I, <laughs> I think I know what one of your movies will be. I cry in every if a movie wants me to cry, like I am there. <laughs> Um, you don't feel manipulated I, sometimes? Like if you're watching no, like Forrest Gump or something, I don't you're like, like an oh, you're making me cry, cry right now. Duh. No, I, I want to be manipulated. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Use me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, make me cry. And I feel like I'm not, I don't know, you could you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like I cry that much in normal life. So movies, movie cries are like a nice space for me to just it's like get out. Yeah. And I feel like we're going to have a wide range of cries as well. There are lots of different kinds of cries. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, the way I'm going into this, just so, because we all, it's all a bit random and um, also a little bit spur of the moment because it is more of a conversational style episode. Who knows? The way that I have brought my films to the table is I've thought of the movies that I had really epic cries in. Like, I go, oh, that was the cry of like 2018. (laughs) (laughs) So, I've got a few (laughs) movies like that that I'm bringing. How have you guys approached this? I don't, I don't know. I didn't really have much. I just picked four that came to mind. I did say to myself, the three movies that make me cry consistently every time, we've already done in the podcast, two of them oh. in the same episode, which I'm going to say are Moonlight, Call Me By mm. Your Name, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm. Those right. three movies are probably my big, 
like one of my biggest. So the ones I've brought aren't as like, I think unrequited love is my biggest, what makes Mm -hmm. me cry. Like people who would be together if it weren't for the circumstances of the world Mm -hmm. put on top of them. That's a good movie cry for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But my ones today are like very different kinds of cries. A lot of them are sad, like genuinely depressing cries, not Mm -hmm. like sweet cries. Ivana, what about you? Um, I think kind of from a similar place as you, Meg, where it's like there's moments where I can like remember myself crying in the cinema Mm. and being like, whoa, like this is a lot. (laughs) Um, And just trying to like look back to those, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, And on the manipulation thing as well, I've never really understood that as like a criticism of a film because like. That's That's the point. Isn't the point of cinema that it does? Yeah. Like if a scary film scares you, you're not going to be like, it manipulated me into being scared. Like (laughs) that's what it wanted to do. Where is the line between what people claim is a manipulated cry and a genuine cry? Sometimes it feels like they're trying too hard, man. Sometimes you watch a movie and it's like, oh, this this too, man, these people have been through so much. At this point, I'm not crying, just out of spite. But Mm. then- (laughs) Yeah, but then I feel like then it doesn't succeed in manipulating me, you know? So, like, if something has made me cry, my reaction would never be like, oh, you manipulated me because, like, I don't know. I I think the only time I've ever felt that with, like, a piece of, like, media or text is actually a book called, um, it's, like, very popular, called A Little Life. You know what? Oh, I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, it's one of those, it's it's a mammoth book. It's so just, like, long. And Every, Every chapter. chapter, it's like, come on, <laughs> like he needs to win somehow. It's <laughs> like good for him, like two chapters, and then other than that, it's just so bad. Yeah. Did you yeah, cry so though? Really... Did you cry? Yeah. Remember, I read it when we were in Morocco, and I we were in like oh, a yeah. car, and I read it. Like, yeah. In a road trip. And it's yeah, like true. you can't really with a book you can't really like convey to other people like how sad is that because like they yeah, also they haven't right. read five hundred pages or whatever <laughs> of yeah yeah exactly Damn. and like just plot wise if you read the Wikipedia like plot of that book you would read it and be like this is a joke like, come <laughs> on there's no way but anyway that's a book that's not a movie gosh what am I talking about I'm getting crazy <laughs> it's all these mixed emotions but yeah I I think um, Eliza um. Do you want to kick things off with a movie for us? I would love to with a movie that make me weep. I also have noticed that the movies that make me cry do fall into distinct categories. Mm. Um, and one that I wasn't, what one that like is the main one in this big category for me is the movie Make Way for Tomorrow, which is a movie about sad old people. And for oh, some no. reason, if, it, yeah. <laughs> I've, I may, maybe I've talked about it on the podcast before, but like in for Tokyo some reason, story, movies about old people being disrespected or like <laughs> sacrificing themselves or Ooh. dying alone or whatever, mm. like that will make me so much more sad than if like a little kid dies in a movie. <laughs> I don't really know. Why. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I agree. There is something so tragic about seeing an old person suffer. Like even yeah. just thinking about like, mm. like the, Parts in like the saddest part of Home Alone is the, the old man. black guy oh, that's like that scary guy. and he just yeah. wants to reconnect with his granddaughter. Yeah, that is tragic. Or like Up, the starting of Up. Like I don't remember what yeah. happened in that movie, but I remember the starting of Up. There are so many ones that I feel like we're not going to mention today because everyone knows the first ten minutes of Up is like the. It's so sad. The I would say go-to. yeah, that's the most. Coco as well yeah. has like a really sad moment around a old grandma where you're like Coco, <laughs> Coco, oh, the yeah. Pixar movie. Oh, that's so sad. That bit, the remember me bit. I forgot about that. Yeah. Wait, 
Wait, so what's this movie about, Eliza? Make Way for Tomorrow. Make Way for Tomorrow. It's actually really closely linked to Tokyo Story, which we've covered on the podcast because it's about oh. an old couple um, struggling to, like, settle down because they, none of their kids will take them pretty much, like the same as Tokyo Story. And oh. I think Orson Welles said this movie could make a rock cry just because oh, wow. it, like, really rings. It's, like, so unabashedly sentimental and... Um, it has a really surprising last act where like it seems like everything's going to be okay and during that whole bit you're like no 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 because like you know the movie's going to end and like it just doesn't make sense for them to have a happy end of their life and it's so hard to watch that is one of my big big crimes I need the tissues (laughs) when did you watch that do you remember like Um, the experience of watching it or wasn't like it was an epic cry, just a movie that you think, wow, this could make anyone cry. Yeah. I Yeah, I don't remember where I was when I watched it actually. Hmm. See, this isn't this isn't up to my standards, you guys. I want to talk about <laughs> the ep- where you were sitting, what you were eating. I want, milliliters. I want you to have like contracted a sinus infection because that much snot <laughs> poured through your body. Jeez. It, it like, that's what I, I, think I, that I just don't remember where I was. What I don't do want to mean? be hospitalized. Do I have like an issue? Yeah, I was saying, like, I think you're having really specific experiences. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, all the movies that I want to talk about are movies that I just feel like for days I was a shell. Like, like I, when you watched um, Never Let Me Go. Oh, when you watched Atonement. Eliza, oh, you've got them. Bang, bang. Atonement. <laughs> Never Let Me Go. Say No More. So when Meg for like Can I also was just say saying, Blue Valentine is going to be one of yours as well. Back to me. Anyway. Knew it. Gosh, you guys know me. Yeah, I've read me like a book. Yeah. Here I am with my movies that I want to talk about, and you just. What well, do, do you? Should you pick one of them and go into that one for, yeah, first? Yeah, no, absolutely. Which one? So I, I'm going to start with Never Let Me Go. Yeah. Okay. And I gonna, always hear about this movie, but I actually have no idea what it's about. I don't know. Oh, vampire Swedish one? No. No, that's that's let, let me let, let me let me let Yeah. But they do. They have a similar vibe. Vampiric quality. Oh. No, they don't. Like the names, like the actual oh. names. <laughs> <laughs> right. Never Let Me Go and Let the Right One In. Like it just sounds similar. Yeah. Um, but no, Never Let Me Go is based on a um, a novel of the same name by Ishiguro, which I was told that I would like more than the movie and I actually didn't. Um, I, I preferred the the movie. Um, it stars Kerry Mulligan and Andrew Garfield and also Kira Knightley. And it's this dystopic world Um in which you sort of introduce to them as children, as orphans. And as it goes along, it becomes kind of clear that they've sort of been abandoned, like, because of their, like, character in some way. Like, as kids, they sort of are taught that they're, like, lesser than they're in this really, like, shoddy school. Um, They're able to, like, earn, like, points or something and then they get to, like, go to a market and and buy things with their points and they get these really shitty little like cassettes and stuff that they're Mm. so happy with like obviously that's obviously like you know the abandoned like toys of like more fortunate kids and then you follow these like children as they grow up and they go from being in this boarding school to being in like sort of hostels and they sort of work on farms and they are in these little communities and it comes out that it's in this dystopic future where the children born of like um felons and like sex workers um and yeah like pedophiles and stuff they those they those children are like they're committed to the state and then they are born and bred to be as fit as possible to be organ donors 
And Whoa. they, it's like this. Oh, it's like sci-fi. It's sci-fi. It's dystopic. And oh, it's, I didn't know that. But it's soft so, sci-fi. It's like her kind of, which is another big crime. It's kind of like right. her. Yeah, it is kind of like her, which was actually on SBS last night, um, which I watched last night. <laughs> nice. So fun Gee. fact there about me. Um, but yeah, it's so. That's a really good tragic. Idea. It is that. sort of the thing of we love each other so much but we can't be together because it centres around Andrew Garfield and Kerry Mulligan as they've grown up, this sort of this myth that's spread throughout this like organ donor community that if you find your like other person, um, they get it in their heads. Like as they've been growing up, they used to have all these like art fairs and stuff and these like wealthy people would visit the boarding schools and buy art from the kids mm. and they get it in their heads that, oh, that's them trying to work out who is best suited to which, like which girl is best suited to which boy. Oh, wow. And if you are best suited, then they give you a pass, an exemption, and then you don't have to die and <laughs> be like, die for your organs. Oh, wow. And it comes to this like climax where pretty much like one of the teachers from the boarding school is like, no, that's not why we did that. We did that to work out if you had souls, like we thought, like you're, you're soulless in the eyes of the state because you are like the children of like terrible people and we don't see you oh. as like we see you as like not even second class like you is are it nothing. like do you cry through the whole movie or are there like specific oh. beats be like this is killing me well the specific beat is where andrew garfield and carrie mulligan have gone to the teacher's house to be like look we love each other we grew up oh, together we're like, in that's love not what it's about give us an exemption and and andrew garfield has already gone through one round of getting rid of what like his liver or something so he's already a bit sick and then She's like, don't you get it? Like, you we just wanted to work out if you even had souls. Yeah. And they drive off into a field and he's like, he's like sick in the car. He's like throwing up in the car and he pulls over and he just screams. And oh, I cry, remember watching cry, this and cry, heaving. Cry. And I was, I was heaving and crying so much that I like could not breathe. And I was like doing that thing where you go like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it got so bad that I started screaming. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> And you were just That's saying so it's so fucking sad over and over. Yeah, do you remember, oh, yeah. Eliza? Anyway. You do that every time. You, you, you do a lot of it's so sad. sad. It's so it's fucking sad. So sad. Do you think it's like it urges you on to feeling more sad? Like you have to like yeah. make it a mantra and be like, I'm sad, I'm sad. <laughs> Yeah, I have to sit with it. And that's what I did with that movie. And I did the same thing with Atonement, which is another beautiful recommendation, and the same with Blue Valentine, which you guys mm. all honed in on. We know you, kid. You do mm. know me. I love to cry, and that those are the movies all that movies. I would yeah, I haven't recommend seen to. I Genuinely, you've made me more interested to see that movie. You should I've watch heard it. About you, it. I reckon you both would yeah. really like it. All would have really you seen like that movie? No. Oh, there you go. No. I've seen Blue Valentine and agree. Yeah. That's yeah. a. I've seen it once and was like, I can't ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Does that work for you, like as a crying yeah. movie? Yeah, I think I cried. It was a while ago. Mm. I think that's why I was like, and if I watch this again, I need to be like emotionally ready. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a lot. I think the sad thing about like Blue Valentine, it's a similar thing to what makes um, La La Land really sad. Is like there's not really one thing like in Never Let Me Go, for example. There is like a very specific reason why they can't be together. Whereas like Blue Valentine. Yeah. They're just like so unhappy and they want it's just to be that able to love be together. One one yeah. that I considered putting on here that Darcy was like, Oh, you should put that one on. It's not a film I like, but there aren't enough movies about what it's about, is like crazy, which shares things. Yeah. It's got Anton Yelchin and um oh what's her name? Imogen uh, Poots. She's Felicity Oh no, the girl from Felicity Jones. Jones. Felicity Yeah, yeah. Um and it's a movie just about like the very difficult thing that not enough movies talk about of like 
Sometimes you fall in love and then through the difficult process of life, at the end you've you've been fighting for love this whole time then at the end you don't love each other anymore. Mm-hmm. And, like, it very much reminds me of Blue Valentine in that sense of, like, it isn't necessarily the most traditional ending or, like, falling out of love thing. It really is just, like, at one point it's like, oh, this, we right. aren't the, who we were anymore. Mm. So sad and very challenging to watch, which makes me understand why people don't watch them too much because <laughs> once you watch it once, you're like, I don't want to think about that for a long time. <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Lana, do you have some's ready for us? Some some sad movies? I do, but Eliza, were you about to say something? Oh, yeah, sorry, Liz. Yeah, I was going to say because I know like a reason we end up watching a lot of movies together, Ivana, will be just because there's someone cool in the cast that we like. (laughs) And like you particularly, like on the podcast before, we've talked about, you know, you love Caleb Landry Jones or like (laughs) our guys, Nicholas Brown and Michael Adnorano and stuff. Do you think if there's like an actor that you have – a personal like affection for it will it you'll feel sadder when you're watching the movie and stuff or is it like you know you just fold into the diegesis of the film and you don't see them as the lovely actor <laughs> um I don't think the actor will influence it except for the one thing which I just sort of thought of while you were talking which I don't actually know if it's ever made me cry I know it's like feels like the saddest movie I've ever watched or the one that makes me the saddest is uh, the Misfits, the 1961 film, which I've talked to you about, Eliza, and it was like it's um, directed by John Huston, and it's just super, Ooh. super bleak. Um, and it's Marilyn Monroe like getting a divorce, written by Arthur Miller just before they got divorced. Oh my god! And like he wrote it for her, That's and so it's just meta. about a relationship Grim. falling apart, and then like her going out into the desert with some depressed cowboys, and they're all sad all the time. And it was like the last thing she the last completed thing she made before she died and then uh like before it came out Clark Gable who played one of the cowboys died and then like uh, soon after Montgomery Clift who played another cowboy died wow. and his last words were hell no in response to someone asking if he wanted to watch the film on tv hmm. and so it's just like super sad watching them all be sad yeah and like knowing that especially like Marilyn and Monty were having a horrible time on set because they were dealing with like addictions and all these things. So that one is like, I find that one really emotionally overwhelming to watch. Do you think it's the world of the film, not so, not just the film itself that makes it as sad for you as it is? Like the real life. Like the history. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so hard. It's like one of these films where the extra textual things like are the text like it's so yeah, hard for them not to be yeah. and she's her character clearly is Marilyn or like mm. her husband's idea of who she is like it's written for her and it's obvious and like Montgomery Clift had been in an accident and gotten like um you know had like facial reconstruction and then his character is like someone who's like been kicked by a cow like by, by horses and stuff a lot in his like cowboy life mm. and like the first time you meet him he's like on the phone to him his mum being like no I look good as new like you wouldn't even be able to tell and like it's like really hard to separate mm. who That's they so are weird. from the film yeah it's really tough whenever like I... exercise in torture being like yeah. I've written this for you and you have to play like Arthur Miller say like to Marilyn Monroe being like I've written this for you and you're gonna play this version of you that I like yeah see and we're just all going to be really sad and sit in this like 
yeah sad yeah. tragedy of all of our lives yeah whenever like, i think i'm like completely turned off the concept of celebrity and of being like well, how can we see the same fucking actors the same directors doing everything and then there's all these incredibly young people why don't they get work yeah then something comes along where you're like oh the fact that i know of you in the real world right. and know your history it and the people so add so much to this i was thinking that a big one for that like that just reminded me of marriage story of being like mm. how thrilling it is to watch this and see it through the lens of like noah being like Ah, uh, yes, the period where I had to write Madagascar 3 to fund <laughs> this fucking divorce. Like, yeah. that yeah. whole thing of, like, that movie, you're like, oh, the reality behind this makes it so much better as yeah, well. And yeah, and it's the same as her and Lost in Translation. Yeah. Like, the, facts, the fact that they're talking about the exact same breakup yeah. in their own ways. In, yeah. Um, yeah, this interesting, like, nuance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Intertextuality is crazy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, what's another category of sad movie that has come up on the podcast before? Um, hmm. One of our first episodes we did, or maybe one of the first, yeah, I think episode three is Billy Elliot and Billy Madison. And oh. Billy Madison doesn't make me cry, but Billy Elliot <laughs> has like really good fatherhood cries mm. and like that's a oh. big genre as well I reckon like of movies where it's like someone's dad dies or like you know this like strained relationship or something like I feel like I that think, for some reason is always so affecting I think Billy Elliot for me is more the category of like the old person thing with the grandma like the saddest part to me in Billy oh. Elliot is when Billy is just about to go it's like mm. almost the last act or easy last act pretty much and he's almost about to go to the off to London to you know, his ballet academy and he's saying goodbye to his grandma who's very demented and um, who he sort of cares for throughout the movie and it's very obvious that she will die and he will never ever see her again because they're poor and he cannot travel back and forth and she knows that in her demented state and he knows that and she's so happy for him and she's so old and it's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> that is the sad part to me of Billy Elliot, I would say. I remember when we did that episode I was like, almost crying talking about the father-son stuff where he's like crying after having crossed the crossed the line the picket like line, his son's yeah. the picket, picket line. line oh so sad I, I should have said scab 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 well i am um, i should have said before when we talk about old old people ones my main one that i wanted to talk about was um ikaru by akira kurosawa hmm. oh um, yeah which is the most like hearty cry I've had in a movie in the sense that like it's so the cry was about everything because Ikaru literally translates to to live and it's literally a movie that touches on so many things that make me emotional my big one being if you in anywhere in your script put a character having a worldview shift like waking up one day and being like what am I doing mm. or doing that I will immediately love your movie. I will immediately be obsessed with your movie. And it's just a beautiful movie about this guy who like he's it's like the movie for me about like bureaucracy and capitalism and how much like traumatizes people. He's like 50, no no, he's like way old. He's like in his like 60s and he's been working at like the town hall like office building his entire life. He's never taken a sick day and everyone there jokes that this guy he's essentially just like a ghost like he literally just like mm -hmm. gets to work does his job goes home and then the one sick day he takes off he goes to the doctor and finds out he's gonna die and it's just a movie about someone at the end of their life for the first time being like I think I've wasted my life oh. and the first half of the movie is like him doing decide for the first time doing being like I can do whatever I want today and like not going to work and like meeting people and going out drinking and like 
there's a scene in the movie where like he goes to a club because he finds some guys like can you take me out drinking and they're all getting drunk going crazy and stuff and then at the end of the night the pianist plays a really quiet song and he just sits there tears streaming down his face silently singing this song under his breath and everyone in the entire bar stops and watches this old man just sit there and sing this little song and it's the song that he like it's like a song that reminds him of his childhood and his family and he's like separated from his family and then I literally like I would get this tattooed on my body if I did not already have too many tattoos for what my profession is <laughs> the final shot of the movie is him on the swing essentially him on the swing and essentially mm. just this idea that like at first he was overcome with grief at the fact that he hasn't lived and then it's about being like well I have to live with the time I have mm. And the bureaucracy of position is like at, in this job at the town hall, nobody gets anything done. People come and in and they're like, like, oh, the, shittiest the sores little thing don't work. Done. Like, doesn't he make like a playground or like some tiny His little patch one of like, mission livable is like, land Before I die, I'm going to get this park made. Mm. They've been asking for if I'm going to, no, um, with my dying breath, I'll get this park made. And the final shot of the movie is like him sitting on this little park swing and it's mm. snowing and he's looking out and he died, like, like, he 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 dies on the swing. Like you don't see it, but like it's said that like they found him, mm. his corpse, like holding onto the swing. It is so beautiful, and I just think like its message of like living life in every moment, in spite of the systems that try to every day make us hate ourselves and not live, came at such a pivotal moment for me that I'll never have a bigger cry than that in a movie. Oh, my God. Anyway. I did so a double good. feature wow. of that movie and It's a Wonderful Life, like – did oh. not have a break between oh, wow. them <laughs> with a friend, um, that one is of my killer. great friends, Ying. Like, I thought, Eliza, it, I thought you'd bring up It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, makes me cry when I watch Big it one as well. for you. But, like, yeah. watching them both in a row, that was very brutal. <laughs> but life-affirming <laughs> as well. Totally. But yeah. do you guys like crying, like, going to the movies and having I cry, a cry? more in life than in movies randomly because I watch movies a lot. But my... I love I love a cry absolutely yeah. I love a cry like a movie cry but in a movie cry I never do a uh, Meg Jensen like bawling <laughs> like snotty I have like tear like uh, like the tears Just that stream down, down. Yeah. my Ikaru one was the only one where I've really done the like you were like <gasps> the body is going yeah. up and down like the, there's a little bit of jiggle you yeah know? That's I don't all. know what it is about I just feel like really sitting in the sadness of like I had this with the case of Benjamin Button like not that long ago with my friend Ewan I don't know why but it was just on tv I didn't even watch the whole thing I think I watched like 30 minutes of it but I just could not stop saying like I don't know something like I didn't even know what I was yelling I was like crying like heaving and saying like they just wanted to be together they just wanted to be together and part of the like display of emotion is the fun of watching the movie. Like, to me, if I'm going to go watch a sad movie, what's the point if I'm not having You better make me cry. Yeah. I think it's mm. super interesting talking about this, the fact that, I like, I think movies that make you cry and sad movies are kind of separate or not always um, the same in the sense that, like, you're talking about, sorry, what was it called? Ikuru? Ikuru, Ikuru. yeah. Um, that sounds kind of like a cry of, like, liberation and like yeah. amazing like yeah, you know totally. kind of like transcendent cry you know and then like the misfits I find super sad but doesn't make me cry like it's like mm. interesting that there's that difference between mm. I don't know there's a lot of different ways yeah. to do you have some other cry. ones on your list that are like different kind of like yeah. my big one that I feel like I have written down that are very different to you guys is I have three that are like 
depressing cries and like cries of like that is so unfair that is wrong that like yeah. not horror movies but I like quite dark cries you know yeah I've had I mean I've had some of those but the most memorable things I put down I mean I wrote Moonlight obviously that was like a big mm. cry the last yeah. thing I cried in was Kajillionaire um mm. which I think was a timing thing as well like coming out of COVID it was like the first film I saw in theaters and seeing this woman who's like I don't know how to be a person I was like me neither like it's been so long um, <laughs> oh my gosh but thinking about it made me realize that I think I like cry a lot more at TV actually um and I think it's something to do with I kind of feel like good TV like can be quite affecting when it ends because I don't know I I sometimes see like the end of TV as kind of a way of like rehearsing death in that like whoa when a series ends essentially what that is is hypothetically those fictional characters continue to live and you don't get to see them living anymore yeah which is what it's going to be like when you die like it's the show hasn't stopped you've just stopped being able to see it mm-hmm. um and so like there's a real sense of like grieving Damn, like deep. i don't get to that yeah but yeah i think like when something's really good like and it's i guess because you've spent so so much time with it in tv yeah, you're, like, invested. there's like a sense of like loss when it ends so like I cried at some parts in like the end of The Sopranos, which um, bits? Yeah, wow. which... Eliza, you watched The Sopranos recently, didn't you? Yeah, I think I. I mean, is this a spoiler-free zone? Can we just The Sopranos came out like freaking thirty years ago? Can we just talk about the big spoilers? Yeah, I. W- I don't know if I should be spoilery, but some things happen in like the final season where I was like, <laughs> just spoil it, just spoil Man. it, Man. just say spoiler. We spoil we everything on this. Show. Just, yeah, everything. Just, that was the only one whacked. that I cried at. I think. Um, what did you cry at? AIDS death was the only one that made me cry, I think. Yeah, I probably, w- like, that made me super sad, but I knew it was coming. I read yeah. about it. And then um, another character gets killed in a really, like, her- just sad, bleak way that says a lot of s- horrible things about the person killing him. And, like, it was just, like, it just, it's a pretty, like, existential show sometimes, mm. which sounds silly to say because I also think it's, like, one of the funniest shows. Like, it's kind of just a sitcom. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. TV can be a heavy one sometimes. Yeah. And I guess TV also has like a harder job. Oh, maybe not harder, but it's a, it's a different job. Like the investment that comes with TV, like good serialized TV, like The Sopranos, it lends yeah. itself to like a really good like cry because you are losing something. Yeah. And it's mm. harder for movies because like most movies are from an hour to, and a half yeah. to two, two and a half hours. So how quickly can that connection like occur? Yeah, absolutely. I I have the movie TV debate with some friends a lot because I have friends who are like addicted to to TV shows, binging them the way we would with like movies. Like you you guys all I'm sure watch a lot of TV as well. I don't really. But um, I do fully understand it, especially in the sense of like, TV is especially TV especially allows like an investment in especially like female characters that like because obviously representation is always a big problem like mm. a lot of TV shows that even if they start with like a female character in like a secondary role or something by the nature of TV you have to develop a character so much that like there's so much more for everyone to relate to in a TV show than generally mm. there will be in a movie yeah like I have friends who are like oh I watch TV more because like I ne- I feel like it's always such a long shot that I'll actually empathize with a woman on screen in a movie. Oh, wow. Whereas if I watch a TV mm. show, even if at first I'm like, oh, this woman is just a wife or this woman is just a thing by the end, yeah. 
she will be such yeah. a fully rounded person yeah. that I can empathize with her as much as I would the dude that's being shoved in my face the whole show or something, yeah. you know? Yeah, but then yeah. at the same time, like I'm people say that like, with Breaking Bad a lot where they're like right. Skylar and stuff. Yeah. Like you really yeah. care about her by, by the end. Like you always obviously empathize with her situation. That's a name, I right? Find, yeah. I find yeah. Skylar yeah, so Skylar. frustrating. <gasps> I found it really frustrating, but she, I haven't finished it. I'm still, I'm watching it right now. Are you really? Like she gets better, but that's she's wow. Ted at the moment. And I'm like, oh. mm. just funny her a little bit. Oh. But... I would say maybe this is just about good writing. Maybe it's not so much like, the, like I don't know, the TV or movie thing, but I'm thinking of I the agree. last TV show that I cried in was um, I May Destroy You, um, which yeah. is – Yeah, well, that final oh, episode is gorgeous. Which is so – it's so – it's it's like, I don't know, it sits in your chest like it's such mm. a, um, I don't know, abrasive TV show. But it is a, it's only 10, 10 episodes. Yeah. So when I was saying about like, oh, you know – long form TV lends itself to like the loss element that makes you cry. Well, that wasn't long form. It's short form TV and I still cried. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of movies that like at the outset I went into not even realizing like the, the movie that I went into was like, I don't even know what this movie is and chucked it on. I think dad put it on and didn't realize how sad it would be. And it's like one of the Click. saddest experiences of my life was, um, that's every dad's cry movie. They're like, Have you I was going to say, yeah, Click, Click is sad. The dads Sorry, go off for Click. Click is so sad. But I was going to say Dancer in the Dark, um, with Bjork. Oh, oh yeah, Jesus totally. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. It's Bjork and she plays a woman who is, um, it's also a musical. Um, she's going blind progressively <sighs> and She's like a factory worker. She's very, very poor. Single um, mom. Single mom who has to provide for her son or daughter. I can't. Yeah, her yeah, son. And worst son. of all, she's being directed by Lars von Trier. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's oh. Lars von Trier, which is like. <laughs> um, but it's so sad. And it's one of those like such a like a, like a victim of circumstance um, story. But watching it. Like crazy Bjork, she knows how to pull off a little performance. That's incredible. She's so good. And, it, yeah. and it's also like I think it's aided by the fact that it is a musical. It has a really interesting, like it plays into right. these little dream sequences and things that she has. Mm. But yeah, that's a, yeah. that was an unexpected. Cry Music and movies will always like cement a good cry moment. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's why, um, like La La Land, like would have been nothing without that little like theme at the end, like the little like piano theme. Yeah. In um Bratz when they sing <laughs> Bratitude. Bratitude? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. They yeah. are the girls with the passion. Yeah. The passion for fashion. That song isn't very good. <laughs> oh. It's not as good as the other one. The other girl sings. That's what oh, I yeah. cry about. That she gets What's wrong. her song? You know it's all about me. Do, me. do, 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 do. Yeah. You know it's all about me. It's is way this better. Accessible? Is this like relatable content for our podcast <laughs> listeners? I'm pretty sure that one right there that I just dropped got us like way more listeners. So it's fine, Aww. guys. Don't worry about it. The only one I have to mention before we all start wrapping up is mm. Diary of a Teenage Girl. Uh, which have you guys seen? Diary yeah. of a Teenage Girl? Mm-hmm. That movie, like. With Christian Wiig. I also associate it with like a gorgeous viewing experience. Like I watched it with uh, Darcy and I think. It was a lot of stuff that, like, I also just, I don't know, in a year where I was trying to become more aware of some of those issues, like the way that seeing a movie paint it so gorgeously through the lens of a woman, it also just made me be like, I never see 
a story told this authentically mm. through a young girl's perspective. Like I, that movie made me both cry out of like empathy, out of like sadness for her yeah. situ- circumstance, but also out of like awe of how incredible that main character, like she yeah. is as a young girl, mm. you know, like yeah. when she, um, like when she meets the guy, essentially it's just a whole story about like, being coerced and how a child cannot consent um like towards the end of the movie she sees the the guy who has been you know she's been hooking up with it's like a grown man uh and in the narration she like shakes his hand and the narration is like i'm better than you i'm so much Mm. better than you i was like Mm. oh my god and like was like i'm surprised you cried that i don't i so look this list is half i'm not like i don't like bore my eyes out but I know when I'm like feeling it when I'm feeling it there and this one I had a cry in the middle and then at that point towards the end my jaw was dropped and I felt the tears there see I love that movie movie for me but I'd never I wouldn't cry in it it is well done though the fact like it's how it portrays the intersection of her being treated like she's obviously has a history of being treated like a sexual person as a teenager she comes into it knowing about the existence of sex and like knowing that people are looking at her. It's just so sad. But then it intersects with her actually wanting to be like an agent in that sexual experience, mm. and then she's blamed by her it's, mother's douchey it's boyfriend. It's the movie to show for people for being hypersexual and playing up to what she thought he wanted, and it's so yeah. It's, it's the sad. movie to show people who don't understand the concept of like a child literally cannot consent because yeah. it's the thing of like mm. you're inside her mind the whole time thinking that this is like an adult relationship, and it's like you're a child, yeah. you can't understand. That, mm. like she always like assumes things and projects things and it's like yeah. he's just a reckless fuckhead toxic yeah. evil person wow. he, he is not doing like all the things like there's a bit where she's like oh you think i know you think i'm fat and it's like what oh my god you are so sweet yeah. and so naive you have no idea yeah. the monstrous circumstance you're in yeah but that movie made me cry Aww. Yeah. Well, because we're not doing our traditional format, we're not doing triplet in the attic, I think we should still leave listeners with the recommendation. So if you wanted someone to cry right now, oh. what movie are you telling them oh to watch? Oh. Is my question to you all. Already. Oh, do you want me to do mine? Yeah, I've already I suggested it. <laughs> um, but Atonement would be a quick, easy, good cry. It's James McAvoy, it's Kira Knightley. It's beautiful. It's got the war involved. The war sucks. It's got the war. The it's got the sucked. war. The war's get, so you're going to cry crying. about that. It has and the it has unrequited love, like British repression, British people being like, yeah. we mustn't, you know. God, yeah. that gets me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And Kira Knightley, she does like, do you guys remember this from the trailer? I remember this so vividly in the trailer. She goes, come back, come back to me. And it's so <laughs> sad. Anyway. Um, and it has also a really good like um, performance by Saoirse Ronan and also Vanessa Redgrave, they play like the same as character fucking at Bryony, different points the in time as Bryony. Yeah, awful. Um, and it's really good. And Atonement would also be one that I would recommend reading the book as well because they're done in different ways but they're both done really well. So that is what I want you to watch and I want you to cry. People cry. I would say, uh, just because it's in recent memory, uh, His House last year, my favourite movie last year, um, it's a horror movie kind of haunted house migrant story essentially and it's just like it it tells a gorgeous story about like trauma and like the way that the impulse reaction to a horrific past is to mm. push it down and to not acknowledge it 
and the beautiful understanding that these like immigrants Mm. come to coming into a foreign country by the end of the movie is like so gorgeous like it's the the most immigrant experience it's like the yeah literally it's the the definitive film for me that i've seen of like the immigrant experience and coming into a foreign place and like being displaced and trying to come to terms with that history rather than denying it and forgetting it and it is so emotional it's a beautiful movie it's my favorite movie last year and he got a horror recommendation i did i got the horror in there yeah that is a really scary movie that's probably the last movie that really scared me like maybe yeah true very true Liz, what are you recommending i don't know (laughs) what's i've got something do you want, me, yeah, do you you want do time? Yours. You do yeah. yours. Yeah, Eli- give Eliza some time. Eliza, do you think the work would make people cry? Do you remember that? The work? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure. that was like, that felt like. A documentary. I, yeah, I, think I screened it a little while ago yeah. and was kind of like, afterwards, I kind of felt like I had to be like, are you okay? Like, I hope that was all right. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> um, it's pretty full on. I find it pretty full on. It's like a documentary about this program called Inside Circle. Oh, um, I do remember that. And did a lot you come- of, I, I didn't see it, but I saw that it was on like everyone's like number one on all these lists. I it saw was, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the most amazing documentaries I've seen. That. And it's just kind of capturing and the people making the documentary are part of Inside Circle. So it's a very like understanding. Yeah. yeah um, wow. And it's this prison therapy program. None of the guards are allowed in the room. So it's very much just like the prisoners don't have to feel any sense of like self-consciousness or whatever. And it's them doing this therapy and in the documentary, like four guys from like the so-called like outside come in as well. And one thing that's really upsetting about it is seeing that the guys who are not in prison seem a lot more like messed up than the guys in there. And it just speaks to the fact that like men in the world just are not taking care of themselves and not looking at their mental health. And the men in there, because they've done this program, have had some therapy. And it's just like lots of moments of these men really like breaking down and kind of getting through things in a way that's like... Civilians being like comforted by like an ex-neo-Nazi guy called like Scrubs or something. And he's like, it's okay, you'll be all right. It's like you are in prison for murder and you will live and die in prison for the rest of your life. And you seem to have come to terms with it so much. But yeah, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's very intense, but I think worth watching. And one of the guys in the documentary has since like gotten out of prison and now runs a podcast looking at like masculinity and like That's talking amazing. about like oh, wow. mental health and stuff. Well, we should put awesome. that podcast called? in the yeah, look it up love, as well. Yeah. yeah. I just love to listen to that. That sounds His great. His name's Eldred Jackson third. I'll find the podcast. That's such a good recommendation. Yeah. Wow. Liz, would you recommend that one too? Um, yeah, I was just going to say, watching it at the screening you held, Ivana, it was like quite tense watching it with a group of people because on screen you're just watching a similarly sized group of people like screaming at each other and holding each other and stuff in yeah. um, a really like therapeutic way. Um, wow. mm. I don't know if I cried at that screening, but I bet I would if I rewatched it knowing what <laughs> I was going into. <laughs> Yeah, um, um, the podcast is called the Inside Circle podcast. The Inside oh, Circle. Oh, well, go and yeah, maybe that's our little pseudo. That's our trip. Well. Yeah, it's our love. Well, I know it was a bit of a funny episode for you all, but we thought we'd just get something small, just pop it out, and special and close to my heart because I love to cry. Yeah, um, nice. and thank you so much for joining us again, Ivana. Thank you for it's having so me. It's so fun having you. You know, you're great at talking tape. movies. Yeah, and you bring you also bring like movies that we don't know and that challenge us. And oh, it's well. true. We can be a bit of an echo chamber sometimes. I reckon. It's true. No, it's true. I've there's lots of movies you guys talk about that I haven't seen that I now plan to. So I appreciate this. Oh, podcast. thrilling! Yeah. Yay! Well, that's why we're here. We that's aim why to we're inspire. Here. Exactly. Thank you as I think always. 
Oh, sorry. I was like, <laughs> I was gonna say we didn't cry. We didn't freaking cry during this episode. I was I was really <laughs> maybe we should I would bully cry. each other and get each other to the point <laughs> yes. of crying. I mean, I usually leave that for off mic, but I can totally. But, do it but if we need to launch in now, <laughs> yeah. we'll do it in the form of rap. I'm like, the, um, Meg, you are not kidding. <laughs> in the um, bring it on, Ben like Beckham um, episode that we lost. There was this whole thing about <laughs> negging, but remember we were calling it megging. Oh yeah, I did forget Megging about that. Megging with Meg- an M. For when she's so maybe people, that'll be Megan. our new like segment. Like I will Meg. Megging. Meg. Meg will get Megged. Megging with Meg. Anyway. Which also sounds like getting mugged, so it's great. This is a weird, weird emotionally mugged. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. As always, um, you can find us on our socials. The Twin FB, Picks. the Insta, yeah, Facebook, mm-hmm. which is Twin Peaks, um, and you can email us at Twin Peaks podcast at gmail.com that's yep. the one and you can also um pay attention to rough cut for more writing on film and the likes from ivana and eliza and a whole bunch of great writers and ivana is also going to be a critic for the melbourne queer film yes festival. yeah thank you yeah i um i don't know when this is going to be coming out maybe the festival will be happening maybe, um yeah. but true yeah I'll be doing that. That actually, the festival's happening in like March and then again in October. So you'll get a double oh, dose of gay stuff this cool. year. Oh, we yeah. love, and yeah. we'll be plugging it on all of our socials as well to get exactly. people there. Um, and I'm sure we'll have you on the podcast sometime. Again, yeah, we'll have, have you back sometime yeah. soon. Now yeah. I think I do want to watch something and cry. I'm gonna head off and watch some watch a sad movie. Yeah, I feel like I'd be cry now. Totally. I feel like talking about Ikaru maybe legit want to watch it again. I really like that movie. <laughs> Yeah. I wish I could get more tattoos on my dumb body. Anyway, bye everybody. Bye. bye See ya. Everybody.